Maggie O'Leary Some said she was born on the Feast of Hauna, when the people of Balanakeli celebrated the harvest with a feast, but others said she was born after sunset and before dawn, when the malevolent pukas, banshees and fairies joined the spirits of the dead to roam freely among the living during the hours of darkness. Whichever the case, the reality was that Maggie O'Leary came into the world on the first day of November 1640 when a dense mist gathered in the valleys and a light drizzle dampened the air and the wind smelt of heather and grass and brine. There was a restlessness about the O'Leary farm that night. The cows mooed and stamped their hooves and the horses snorted agitatedly and tossed their manes. Inky black crows gathered on the roof of the farmhouse, where Orla Niliri paced her bedroom with her hands on the small of her back, anticipating the impending arrival of her sixth child with more than the usual apprehension. She was as restless as the animals, moaning and suffering with the extent of her labour, for the first five children had arrived easily and in haste. Every now and then, she glanced out of the window, searching for the flush of dawn in the eastern sky. She hoped her baby would hold on until All Saints' Day and not arrive during these dark and haunted hours. Not far away, Orla's children were enjoying the feast with the rest of the community in a large barn in the heart of the village. The doors and windows of every dwelling had been flung open to allow both the ghouls and the friendly spirits to wander freely, and the fires had been quenched. Outside, the golden glow of bonfires warmed the air, which was cold with the presence of those malevolent beings who played havoc in the darkness. It was not a night to come into the world, but Maggie came anyway. Just before dawn, after a difficult labour, Orla was delivered of a healthy baby, whose shrill cries tore a hole in the sky, releasing the first ray of light. But with the birth of a new life came the death of an old one. Orla was carried into the beyond, but not before she whispered weakly to the baby in her arms, Kate Mila Folcherpeg. A hundred thousand welcomes, thus giving her child a name and blessing her with a kiss. Maggie was a child whose beauty was strange and arresting. Her hair was as black as a raven's wing, her eyes were a bewitching shade of green, and her lips were full and sensual and curled with knowing. Maggie was uncommon in many ways, but nothing separated her more surely from her family and community than her unusual gift. Maggie saw visions of dead people, sometimes even before they were dead. Such was Maggie's gift that her brothers and sister teased her for being a witch until their father told them in a low and trembling voice what became of witches. Father Brennan, the local priest, crossed himself whenever he saw her and tried to coerce her into confessing that the things she claimed to see were invented in order to get attention. The people of Balanakeli stared at her with wide and frightened eyes, believing her to be under the influence of the ghosts who had been present at her birth, and the old women muttered, "'That child has been here before, as true as God is my judge.' Even Maggie's grandmother said that if she hadn't seen her sliver out of Orla's body with her own eyes, she would have believed her to be a changeling sent by an old puka to bring misfortune into the house.'
but misfortune came anyway, whether or not Maggie was a changeling. For Maggie, however, there was nothing unusual about seeing the dead or predicting death. For as long as she could remember, she had seen things that were beyond the senses of other people. And she wasn't wicked. She knew that. Her gift was God-given. So she escaped to the hills, where she could be at one with all creation. With the wind in her hair and her skin damp with drizzle, she enjoyed striding through the wild grasses towards the edge of the earth where the sea rolled onto the sand in glistening waves. Beneath the wheeling gulls, she'd wrap her shawl about her shoulders and throw her gaze across the water, and occasionally she'd spy the sails of a vessel on the distant horizon and wonder at the vastness and mystery of the world far from her shores. But it was